Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. What are the answers to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to the Forum Show. Mark Lucas here at Faith Talk 1360. What a joy it is week in and week out to have these conversations. My heart, my desire is that these conversations will be catalytic for you and for myself to really allow us to experience this beautiful, happy life that God wants for us. That's what we're talking about today. I love to ask this question. Even just yesterday, I was at State 48 recording a podcast. First time I've done a podcast where they brought me a beer. Yes, I had a beer on the podcast. And we're having this conversation yesterday at State 48. Shout out again in Scottsdale to that restaurant. And in this conversation, we're talking about happiness. And we're talking about that when you walk in your life, when you have dialogue with people, when you internally have dialogue, at the end of the day, if we're honest with ourselves, maybe at the top of the list, in the question of what's the goal of life, what do we want out of this life, the word happiness comes up quickly, if not maybe the first word that we say. So I say that because a lot of times we want happiness, and most of the time we want happiness, but we don't know how to achieve it or cultivate it or what it even looks like. So it's kind of ethereal, in the air, elusively we're chasing it, And that's not very healthy. That's kind of insanity there. So today we're going to walk into a conversation and really talk about how we can really define your best life, what that looks like for you, and how we really cultivate that. I've got the perfect guest to have this conversation today. I've got Stephanie Pletka here. She's a writer, speaker, and author of Living Your Best Life, Letting Go of Self-Doubt, Fear, and other expectations to live the life you've always dreamed. Her mission, I love this, is to inspire women to chase their dreams, to find the goodness in the hard places, and to write their own story. She's a Southern, and you'll hear that throughout the conversation today, transplant. Stephanie lives in right here, Scottsdale, Arizona, with her husband and four amazing kiddos. She's exploring the beauty of the West, you can find her, check her out at Stephanie Pletka, P-L-E-T-K-A dot com. Stephanie, thank you so much for being my guest today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming in. And uh, you're on the marriage show, and now here we are on the form show. So again, we all want to be happy. What does it look like today for you to walk us through these four steps 
to be this person that God created us to be. Because as we lean into being that person, we will in turn produce this deep, lasting happiness that we all desire. Oh, way to tee that up. I love it. Okay, so I remember years ago, I had four kids under seven years old, and I had this idea in my head that life should be happier, fuller, just more contentment in my life. And I had started a video production company, and I had all these kids swirling around in my life. And I was trying to, you know, negotiate contracts and also trying to convince a kid under two foot three to um, eat his green beans. <laughs> How did I get here? And my husband sat me down and he said, why don't, there's no way that you're the only one going through this, right? As you're sitting on the end of your bed crying, let's create a platform of change. Let's make the pain become a platform of change. What could you do? Could you write your own story? So I began to talk about the hardships and the isolation I felt. I began to talk about things that women didn't even talk about. How alone and am I doing this right? I didn't feel like I was enough. And I began to write blogs and I started writing for the town paper in Atlanta. And it just sort of catapulted from there. I love that. And I think it's a really good exercise, I would say, maybe for all of us to do, to write your own story. I am more of an orator than a writer, and you're a prolific writer from everything I've read. Uh, the reality is I think it's really important. And I know the guys that are listening are like, I'm not going to journal. I'm not a writer. That's in touch with my heart and my soft places. But at the end of the day, I think that is really, really healthy for us in an ongoing process to sit down and write our story and to begin to really gain clarity and pray through that. So I love that. So from there, I would imagine, pivot from there, I'm sure that you began to kind of define what your best life is and what that is to live your best life. Or yes. Well, happened. first you've got to define what it's not. Yeah. And living your best life is not about being a certain weight or having a certain job or your kids, you know, in the car not fighting because that's not reality because life is a mess. But it's also a masterpiece. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that God created you as a masterpiece to do great things. And um, I love that scripture. He didn't say, ah, you'll do. You're okay. No, he created you. However you came to the table as a mom, he created you to be a partner with them. Like peanut butter goes with jelly, right? So however you became a mom, however you came to the table, if you're raising your cousin's kid, or adoption, or foster, or biological, whatever it is, you were created for such a time as this. I know oftentimes the days feel long, like they will never end some days, but you're doing something greater, like you're creating memories and legacy. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I would say, just as you shared what you shared, that passage that a lot of us have probably heard, and if not, it's a beautiful passage to say, again, in Ephesians 2.10, to really start to walk and believe and ask yourself, what does it mean to know that I am God's handiwork and I am a beautiful creation? And God's handiwork, that you were created to do good works, those are individual, specific works that he's created you to do. It's not a universal works that we're all doing. It's God's created you as his workmen 
to go do great things for him based on how he's made you and wired you and your passions and your skill set. So help the women, help the listening audience really kind of navigate from there because I think some of us and and at times maybe even me, we hear that pastor like, okay, all right, God's created me pretty neat and pretty special and and I am – I guess his handiwork, and I am created individually beautiful and, and in this handiwork. But what does that mean, and how do, I, how do I go from here? Like, what are the next steps from here? How do I identify what I'm good at, or how do I identify what I'm passionate about? Like, what does that look like uh, for the people listening in right now? Give yes, great question. I love for moms to walk through a couple of steps and ask themselves questions. Oftentimes, we have this a superpower. Does anyone come to you and say, oh, you are the best organizer or you're great with numbers or something that you would really do for free and you're just so good at it, just it flows out of you. So discover like what is your superpower? That is the thing that God created for you and you alone. Maybe you're just great at at counseling or encouraging or talking to others or radio or how can you bless others? How can you serve others? So for me, it was writing. I've just always loved to write. If it just feels like there's a rising, and as soon as I find that lesson in life, I write it down. Um, another way is just asking yourself questions like, how did I get here? How did, how, like, what is your mindset? Every time something, you go to spend money, or you think about your marriage, do finances equal lacking? Does marriage equal failure? You know, we are on a, we're living on a foundation that we were created since the beginning of time, growing up, stories we tell ourselves, I'm not enough. I should be further along in life. You know, that's, and that's where the comparison starts. Yeah, that is so well said. And I think that's a great question to ask, that super power question that you said in the beginning there. I think when we start to identify and ask this dialogue into our heads, what is that superpower that I have that people are always asking me to help them in this way? People are asking me to support them in this way. I, we all have it. So identifying that is crucial for us to start to live in that space and now say, okay, in that space, how do I serve others? In that space, how do I glorify God? In that space, how do I live more in that space? How do I maybe even uh, create profession in that space? How do I create vocation in that space? How do I volunteer in that space? Whatever it looks like. And then we start to see kind of the joy meter inside of us rise because now we're being really used by God in the way that he's created us, which only in turn creates joy and happiness. So continue. I love that. Yeah, so I love that. You, you wrap this up so well. So comparison. I try. You, you try. That's my superhero strength. See, there you go. You, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it, and I wasn't going to say it, but I'm like, you know what? I just feel comfortable enough with you, Stephanie. So last night, my wife and I were watching uh, late night television, and on TV, there's a new superhero. I was blown away. There's a new superhero called Mom, and there's a comic strip that's written. Did you see this? <laughs> No. And her superhero power comes from her menstrual cycle. <laughs> that's My literally <laughs> the superhero power that she has. So anyways, that is completely a squirrel moment, but continue in the goodness of what you're saying. 
Yes, moms have lots of power. We set the tone for our family, right? We create this environment. I mean, they don't say, you know, that uh, happy, happy wife, happy life or nothing. Yeah. It's, it's very true. But um, comparison traps. Comparison traps, when we look to the left and right, when we look away from God, the one who created us to do great things, he is the owner's manual. Have you ever been in the car and you're listening to a song on someone else's um, uh, someone else's Apple, you know, they've got uh, their own playlist yeah. and you're say sitting in the grocery store and you're listening to this great song in your car and they go inside, they walk away with their phone and it starts, you know, kind of cracking up and then you don't hear that the song anymore because the, the playlist is walking away, right? With yeah. the, the phone. And suddenly you don't hear that song anymore. It's because it's only, it only works when it's partnered with the car, when it's in tune with, um, the place it's supposed to be, right? And so for us, that's the way it is with God. When we walk further away, when we start comparing ourselves to others as a measuring stick to success, where do we fall on the totem pole of life? Are our kids as great as their kids? What about the school? What about the car, the job, the salary? It's easy to compare. We will do it the rest of our life because we're human. But when we compare, we are putting someone else above us or we're placing someone below us in the sense that that might look like you go to target and you're like, Oh, I'm so glad my kids don't act like that. <laughs> right. You know? And then like a few years later, your kid acts like they don't have a spine and they, you know, fall to the ground and the target all nine. <laughs> and you're like, Oh <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so, and then you put yourself below them and you're like, Oh, mm. they're better than me. She's prettier than me. He's got a better job. He's got it more together than me. There's, Instead of saying than me, let's just say, hey, it's mutually exclusive, this this sentence that Mark is great at what he does. That doesn't mean that I'm not. I don't have to look at you and go, wow, you're amazing, but maybe I'm not. No, I'm great, too, at what I do. You're good at what you do. So let's make it mutually exclusive. The other day I was in the parking lot of of the carpool. And there was a lady there and she was dressed to the nines. And here I am in my Bon Jovi shirt and, you know, shorts. And I'm just looking at her like, really? Show off. (laughs) (laughs) And I started feeling kind of prickly towards her. Right. And I'll come in hot to the carpool lane. And the Lord just showed me, you know what? Instead, why? Maybe she is going to work. This is her first interview since dropping the kids off at school. And maybe you should just roll down the window and tell tell her how great she looks and encourage her. And I did that. And she she fell to her knee like she was in a beautiful dress and heels. And she put her hands on her knees and just kind of bowed down. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I needed that so much. I was so nervous today. And I thought, see, we are better together. We're better as a tribe, as partnership. We are better together than alone. Yeah, that is so well said. I'm going to go back. I love the word picture you had with the music. And you have these moments where you have the phone in your pocket. And let's say you leave the family and you're running in to do an errand. And you don't realize that the music is playing Bluetooth, streaming in the car. And you've got the app or the Spotify playing. And the moment you get only a few feet away from the car, obviously the connection is lost and the music fades. And you really begin to ask yourself when you walked us through that, and I love that visual, who are we really right now? If we're honest with ourselves, what music is playing? 
And is that music that's playing inside of our soul, that's music that would really bring about like the fruit of the spirit in the sense that there would be a sense of kindness, bring about a sense of gentleness in our character and our nature in that moment, a sense of patience. And really asking yourself, if that's not the case, then I'm probably putting on a record or putting on music that's comparison or music that is envious or music that might have some prickliness to it. And really asking ourselves that question to really identify what is the soundtrack right now that I'm listening to in my head. And if it's not connected to and I haven't connected to God, then really at the end of the day and in that very moment, the fruit of my character and the fruit of my heart in that moment is pretty wretched and it's pretty self-centered if I'm honest with myself. And it's not honoring to the fruit that God wants for us that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, forbearance. Those nine fruits that really we all want and desire in our life Those just don't happen because I want them to happen. Those only happen for all of us right now listening in when we truly are connected to the music and the source of God. So we've got to get to that place to connecting with him and to stop connecting and putting on the source of comparison, the source of running with the Joneses, the source of I'm in a Bon Jovi shirt and she's in a beautiful done-up dress or whatever it is. But I love that you made the choice in that moment, and I'm guessing, Stephanie, in that moment that you had time in that morning. I'm hoping – I'm going out on a limb now. I'm hoping that you had a time that was quiet to connect with God in that morning because I think because of that, the music of kindness and the music of having a conversation with that mom, that dialogue happened because you put on the right soundtrack to connect with God in the morning. So anyways, I went on a long time about that. You said that that so beautifully. But I just, I I love love that word picture. So yeah, continue on because I love it so well. I just love where you're headed and what you're saying. So, well, Oscar Wilde once said, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And I think it's very important to look around and not, my book is all about letting go of self-doubt, fear, and other people's expectations. What's the name of the book? Living Your Best Life. I know you brought it to me today and I will read it. Okay. Living Your Best Life. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we hustle for our worth. The to-do list becomes our boss. We think that life should be placed in a, wrapped in a pretty red bow. The life should be perfect. Why wouldn't it be? I'm the mom. I'm supposed to be the expert. These are the kids. But it's like, no matter how many kids you have, they're all custom. They're all different. You know, what worked with one kid is not going to work with another. Even if they're similar, it just won't. And so we have to pull back and go, okay, life is not perfect. It's just maintenance. There's always something to, uh, and always um, a lawn to mow, hair to cut, bills to pay. I actually went on a one-month trip with my kids in an RV, 36-foot motorhome, traveled across the country. It was as crazy as you would imagine. We actually went two. Two months. (laughs) Continue. And God bless you. So many things went wrong. You know, in your head, this is how it's all going to go right. Your brain doesn't remember the day that everything went right because you know what? It doesn't. But you learn so much from plan B's. You learn flexibility. You learn how to fall and get back up. 
take notes, reroute. So there are so many things that goodness that comes from plan B's and, you know, they make for better stories. I love everything you just said. And I know for the listeners right now, when you say life is not perfect, it's messy. We all say amen, because that's just the reality. Life is messy. Even as we glean into, and obviously we need to, I think even daily glean into God's word, the patriarchs and the people that we read about all throughout the Old and New Testament, their life was messy. Their life was really messy. So we have an archive of stories that really bring perspective and bring truth into our life for us to realize that even at the end of the day, we've got to learn from the plan Bs because nine times out of 10, maybe most weeks, my plan A's aren't working. And that's just life because it's messy. And I love that you said that because there's so much wisdom in learning from the plan Bs and learning and growing in the plan Bs and not getting so caught up and frustrated and anxious and distraught when plan A doesn't go the way we want plan A to go. And I think even this morning as I was reading Proverbs, the one thing that I love most about Proverbs, and I tend to read like today, whatever the date is, I read that proverb in the morning. And I love it because proverb is wisdom literature, and I think it's full of plan Bs. It's full of giving us wisdom to be able to navigate what are the plan Bs that I'm going to face today, because there's going to be a lot of them, God. And I also love Proverbs because at the end of the day, the reality is, is that it's wisdom literature for us to handle kind of the gray areas in our life. Not everything is black and white. There's going to be some gray area where we need God and the Holy Spirit to help us in that plan B. So I love everything you're saying. We've got about four or five minutes left. I'd love to hear kind of some final thoughts that you have, Stephanie. Well, my final thought would be to create breathing room for yourself. And what that looks like is margin. Um, Oftentimes, we go, go, go and hurry, hurry. And we live this life where we live life to the busy instead of to the full. And we are living on the edge, on the cliff's edge. And, you know, when you're driving down the road and you kind of swerve off to the right and you on that yellow line, the reflectors, you hear, right, that's your warning. That's saying, hey, you're getting you're getting close to the cliff's edge here. That's not good. So you have to come back and in creating that space to breathe. That might look like a walk around the park, getting up a little early and having coffee on the porch. That might look like um, spending time with your friends, whatever fills you up. Have you ever had um, your Apple phone and the battery died? Like it just completely died. All it's good for is a paperweight. Mm -hmm. It can't run your business. You can't text. You can't send emails. Nothing. Listen to your music. Nothing. It's worthless. And that's the way it is with you. If you don't find that space to write or uh, whatever your superpower is that we talked about earlier, that maybe to paint, to climb a tree, go swing, um, go fishing, whatever that thing was when you were growing up that just brought you such joy, go do it again. But you've got to fill that cup because you're no good to anyone if you have nothing in the cup. So people say, oh, that's selfish self-care. No, it's not. It's actually part of maintenance. It's like an oil change. It's like getting gas fuel in your car. It's a must. So creating breathing room. What does that look like for you? 
I would write down a couple of things and go do them today, this week. Make yourself priority. I love that. What is breathing room for you listening in right now? I think that is one of the most important questions that we need to ask ourselves. A verse that's been a verse that's haunted me in my entire life, and I continually say it because I want to get better at it, is Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. The midst of finding breathing room, the midst of finding that margin of space, I would even say for me personally, Stephanie, what that looks like, I try to. I kind of suck at this, to be honest, but I'm getting better every day. I try to not look at my phone right when I get up, because the moment we look at our phone, when our eyes open and we begin that day, there's just a barrage of distractions and notifications and things that really distract us, I think, from finding that rhythm of margin, of breathing room, that is so crucial and so important for us to create this beautiful life of happiness and purpose that God wants for us. So I love that you said that. I love the examples you gave, and I also love that you said self-care is not selfish, because it's not. Jesus clearly says that we need to love ourself before we can love our neighbor well, as he gives the great commandment. So we've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to create breathing room and space. It's crucial and so important. Please go and check out Stephanie Pletka at stephaniepletka.com. Thank you so much for being my guest today on The Forum Show. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys.